Hello, and welcome to another episode of Endeavors. On today's show, actress Yancey Butler talks about her new film, Emerald Run, her upcoming projects, and whether or not we are going to see a Witchblade reunion reboot or revival. Yancey Butler, coming up on Endeavors. You're listening to Endeavors Radio with your host from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Dan McPeak. It's not easy being a second generation performer. Just ask Yancey Butler. The daughter of rock star Joe Butler, the drummer and vocalist for the great band The Love and Spoonful, and a theater company manager, Yancey has been in the acting business most of her life. After making her debut at the age of six with a bit part in the horror film The Savage Weekend, she spent the next decade and a half being a kid before making her return to the big screen in John Woo's English-language debut, Hard Target, opposite Jean-Claude Van Damme, Lance Henriksen, and Arnold Vosloo. From there, Butler worked with a veritable who's who of Hollywood, including Wesley Snipes and Gary Busey in Drop Zone, Jennifer Beals, Patrick Stewart, and Campbell Scott in the musical film Let It Be Me, Julie Delpy, Michael York, Patrick Dempsey, Daniel Baldwin, and previous Endeavors guest Mink Stoll in The Treat, Laura Flynn Boyle in the spoof Hansel and Gretel Get Baked, and as the mother of Christopher Mintz Plass in perhaps her most well-known film role in Kick-Ass and Kick-Ass 2, which also starred Aaron Taylor-Johnson and Chloe Moretz. In addition, she has appeared in numerous television shows, including two Dick Wolf series, Law and & Order and South Beach. She also appeared in the soap opera As the World Turns, and more recent shows such as The Mentalist and Wolfsbane. She has also had two series regular roles in Brooklyn South, where she co-starred with Titus Welliver, Dylan Walsh, John Tenney, Michael D. Louise, and Richard T. Jones, and perhaps her most well-known role to date as Detective Sarah Pizzini in the cult TV series Witchblade, which just celebrated its 20th anniversary. It is through her connections in Witchblade that she was cast in her latest role in the indie dark comedy Emerald Run, opposite David Chocacci, Michael Pere, and newcomer Marilisa Caruso, who co-wrote the film with her father, Anthony. The film is directed by Eric Etabari and hits theaters February 21st. This is my conversation with Yancey Butler. Yancey Butler, hello. Thanks for being here this afternoon. Welcome. Hello. Thank you 
Uh, so, so you're in a new film, uh, Emerald yes. Run. Yes. Um. Very excited. Yes. Uh, how how did this role come to you? Was it an audition process where you were you offered the role? I was offered the role. Um, mainly, this was an in-house family project with David Chokichi, who's the star of the show, and Erica Dabari, who directed it. Um, we did a television series together about, I think it's the 20th anniversary, and I think I'm going on CBS on Monday and talking about the 20th anniversary of Witch Clay. So I've known those guys for years, and so it was an offer that came to me, yes. Uh, and you also actually had a lot of scenes, uh, with the writer, uh, Marilisa, who, uh, wrote it with, with her, yeah. with her dad, I think, Anthony, um, yeah, as, she played my daughter, David and my daughter, uh, as, as an actress, what's it like working in a scene opposite the person who wrote the words you're saying? <laughs> it's it's a little nerve-wracking, but Mary Lee's is great. It's a little nerve-wracking whenever you do that or whenever a writer is on the set because you don't want to change any of the words. You know, sometimes they get wedded to their words and it's a ride-or-die kind of situation. But Mary Lee's is wonderful with us, and she was open to us improv and she wrote some great words, so it wasn't too difficult to stay with the script. Um, what do you like about... For you, what what's the appeal of sort of these smaller smaller types of films? I love doing independent films, and I think that I think that this is a prime example of, of you know independent filmmaking at its best. You know, we got Michael Perret and Chris Mulkey on board. Because when you get down in the trenches and, and deep and dirty, and, and you really believe in the project or the people doing the project, and um, and. Uh, you know, hoping to hit those festivals. And I know that we have, I think we have about it coming out in about 100 theaters, which is more than any of us really expected. And um, I just love doing independent filmmaking because you're not bogged down by, by the big studios and making decisions for you in terms of the creative process. You know, you really tend to have a lot more leeway um, to be able to be creative. And that's the part that I really dig about it. You mentioned that this was very much a, a, a family project, and the film talks about the the the, the, the things we we do for family. Um, yeah. What 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 was what was your favorite part of, about the script? Well, I think that it's just you know it's about a man's internal journey through 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 his faith and and what he will do for his family and in an extremely dangerous and exciting situation, you know, and I, the script really appealed to me on that level because uh, I think we're all, you know, we all face those questions internally uh, in our lifetimes. If we're fortunate enough to, if, if, if circumstances weren't where we're really, you know, questioning what we believe in and what length we're willing to go to for those beliefs and ideals. And, um, and I just really like the journey that this man took through that. And, um, you know, to be a character kind of on the sidelines of that, but to represent the family part um, really appealed to me. You you play the role of Anna, um, who's 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 the wife and mother uh, in in the film. Yeah. How how would you describe her? What was there any part of her that relate that you could relate to? These are great questions. I think that you know I've I've been in situations where where you know frustratingly enough maybe somebody isn't living up to to their potential or what you believe their potential is, and, um, and uh, kind of her, her, 
her faith. You know, I, 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 that appealed to me, this character's faith in what she believed in very strongly, which is a, a God of her understanding. And, and uh, you know, and that's what she relies on is the church and, and kind of almost at a fault, you know, for all the answers. And it's going to fix everything, particularly with her daughter's illness. But in fact, you know, I think that her faith is, is so strong that it's almost to a fault in that she thinks that it's going to fix everything and the dynamics and it's going to fix her husband without him really taking any action. Or, you know, sometimes I think that when people are, and I'm speaking huge paintbrush generalizations, but in fact, when people, when they just rely on one thing, I think that it can be too much um, in terms of, you know, that everything else is going to fall into place and and um, that's not the case, you know. Our husband really needs to step up to the plate and um, and kind of take care of his role in the family and and what he's going to do for the family. And and that really appealed to me. What 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 I appreciated about the film was that you know the, these are this is a family of faith, but it talked about faith without getting too much into religion and and, and too preachy, and sort of talked about. Yeah. The faith of our, like the faith that we have, and the faith others have that we have in others, and others have in us. You know, yeah. and with with the times we're living in, what do you think are some maybe misconceptions ab ab about faith that society has these days? Well, that's a really good question. I and a hard one to answer. I think that I can only speak from my experience, and you know, I I. I, I am a woman of, of, of I, I'm, a, I'm a spiritual woman. I can't say I'm a religious one at all, but, but I consider myself to be quite spiritual. And I think that, you know, in these times, which are very trying for some people, I think whatever gets them through the day, you know, um, and even if that is religion, I don't knock religion at all. But when people become zealots or fanatics, I think that it can really um, cripple them in terms of uh, open-mindedness and a broader understanding of others. And, and their empathy, you know, um, people being empathetic. I was just speaking about this with somebody yesterday, actually, how, how uh, it's, it's very unfortunate, Dan, but I think that people, we're in a time where people have lost their empathy for others and, um, and the broader picture of what's really important. And I don't want to get into political candidates right now, but that's why I'm personally voting for somebody that encompasses all of that and love and, and being there for your neighbor and, 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 and bringing people together for a common good, you know, for everybody's good, not just the top 1%, but for everybody's common good. And, and it's, it's, it's paramount that we do that in these times, more so now than ever. You, you know, it, it, I think in, in the synopsis that I read, it said um, the character of um, uh, the character that Chris plays, uh, your, your father, um, is perhaps a, a, a bit too self-righteous and, and a bit too egotistical. How do we, you know, how do we balance our needs with the needs of those close to us? Of those close to us? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I didn't know if I understood the question. And that is hard, and he's, you know, here's a man who, who in the film, you know, says that he's a man of religion, and yet he's he's killing people and beating up people in the background, you know, and I think that we have a lot of that going on today, where people will rest on their, their, their you know, so-called morals and say that they believe in one thing, and their actions are entirely different, and, um, you know, I, I personally attract people in my life, or I certainly hope so, that, that, 
that walk the walk. They don't just talk the talk. And I think Chris Mulkey's character is a perfect example of somebody who will, you know, um, uh, you know, stand on a soapbox and talk about God and, and, and how, how religious he is, and yet his actions don't show any of that. You know, they're not based in love. They're not based in, in truth. And, um, and the dichotomy is, is, I think, what makes his character so interesting. You know, I, I, I think a lot of the film is about survival and, 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 and sacrifice. Working on this project, have, have you thought about either the sacrifices you, you've had to make or, or maybe will have to make in the future? Um, you, in terms of... I, just, you know, either for your, for your family or, or, or for, for your career or, or you know, for, for someone that's close to you, perhaps... Sure. Well, in terms of this film, I think it was a sacrifice. You know, it's really a, it's, it's really a, it's, it's, we didn't get paid a lot of money. You know, we didn't, we didn't work out big trailers or anything like that. And I think that, you know, I think that we all came together collectively because we believed in the project and we believed in the people that were doing it. And um, I love this idea of this, of this, you know, lost girl as well, played by Mary Lisa so beautifully. And I, I think that, you know, it was a sacrifice for all of us to do it because we believed in, in a message that needed to come across where people should question their faith and what they'll do for their families. You know, we've gotten so caught up our our, our society and in work. And, you know, that's why I love visiting Italy. You know, here's, here are people that that take three-hour lunch breaks and enjoy their family and are very family-oriented, but yet work very hard. And I think that that's the society that we should all try to emulate and get back to, you know, where, where, where we really, you know, as, as America, we really need to concentrate on, on our families and, and our neighbors and, uh, and also be productive in society. I, I think it's uh, Amelia who says in the film, we, we always have choices. Um, and at the, at, at the end of the day, you know, John does what he does out of, out of love for his family. How, how can a love for somebody or, or something influence our actions? Wow, that's a really deep question, Dan, and a good one. This has been a really great interview, and it's made me think. I think that, you know, it all comes down to, to what, as you said, what we're willing to do for our families out of love, you know, and, and without crossing our own moral and ethical line, um, which, unfortunately, John is faced with as he's on this journey and, um, and what he's willing to do. And, and um, you know, I think, uh, I know I face that in my life, and that's one of the things that appealed to me about this film. You know, I certainly, to what lengths am I willing to go for because of my love or my belief in something? I, uh, I really love the, 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 the twist uh, at the end of the film without giving away what it is, but did, did you get the whole yeah. script? I, I, no, we, we didn't. You know, this this is such a labor of love that David had actually shot some of this originally, a lot of the desert stuff. And then about a year, I may be wrong in this, but about a year and a half later, they raised enough money to shoot the rest of the script. So I knew about the twist at the end, and I really dug that. I really, I, I liked that a lot because it kind of saved that character's, uh, you know, what, what, what he'll do for his own career. And kind of, uh, you know, it's hard to talk about without giving the ending away, but but what, you know, Michael Frey's character will do for for his 
for what he believes in. Right. And, uh, and, and, and going along on his own journey and, and, you know, it is, as you said, it's hard to talk about without, without giving it away, but, but, you know, everybody in this script has a journey. You know, everybody is faced with the question of what they're going to do. And, and David's character certainly encompasses the biggest, uh, sacrifice and the biggest challenge. But, um, that's what I really liked about the script. And I do, I, you dig the ending a lot. You, you know, just on, on the uh, point in, in the desert, there's a lot of moments where I just struck, you know, about choice and, and faith. And But it struck me at the end of the day that it, it's, it's really about um, free will. You know, have you yeah. thought have you thought about what, what you would do if, if you were just, you, you had the freedom to do whatever it is you wanted? Do, do you believe that you do? I do. I do. You know, I spend a lot of time. Um, I try to help others. I mean, I'm, I'm right now. I might as well take this form to talk about it. I'm on a committee, an awards committee, where um, it's called. Uh, it benefits an organization called Diamonds in the Raw, and it's about taking uh, at-risk and inner-city teen girls, and they they school them in mathematics and they school them in science, but they also get them a behind-the-scenes film boot camp where opportunities for them to be a director, to be a producer, to be a writer, and work behind the scenes and give these girls opportunities of networking that they may never have done before. And what we do is we give an an award, um, we concentrate mainly on stunt women, because stunt women are very, um, they're not recognized uh, for what they do in our industry. And we have a huge red carpet uh, gala event where these girls uh, participate and they actually win a scholarship. Uh, one of the girls wins a scholarship for, for academic excellence. And it's a really good forum. And, and that's what I do with my free will. You know, I try to help others. And because at the end of the day, what else is it about? You know, mm. I'm, I don't live in a vacuum. And, and um, you know, it makes me feel good helping others. And, and you know, one of the great things, Dan, about, about being a celebrity, for lack of a better term, is able to lend my name to, to things. If it's not for helping others, then really what is it about? You know, I'm not a big fan of the business. I love storytelling, and that's why I chose to do this. It's the oldest art form we have. But along the way, to be able to give back to my family, to be able to give to inner city girls that would have never been given the opportunity to do these kinds of things, you know, to be able to, to speak out against animal cruelty and stuff like that is, is, are the choices that I try to make. And I'm not counting my own horn. I just try to do these things because, because to not do them makes me feel really horrible. You know, so it's a little self-serving, but, um, but I do these things because they make me feel good and they're important to do. I uh, it, it, I actually really enjoyed the film because it, it reminds me of a the a black comedy kind of in the school of like McDonough or or yeah. or, 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 or even Tarantino a, a little bit. Um, are are you yeah. a, are you a fan of that type of humor? I am, I am, and that's one of the things that also appealed to me about this script. I am a fan of that humor. I I, I love black dark comedy, and uh, and uh, yeah, we do have a bit of this in there and because it, because at times it gets it gets so ridiculous you know and in the film and, and kind of the circumstances are just so extraordinary that one would never really find themselves in this but 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 yet here we are with this main character faced with this with this ridiculously extreme situation and uh and there is some humor in it 
which I like. You know what I what I like about black humor is that it, it you're right it it can get very ridiculous but it, it, I think it's also uh, can be mo- moralistic uh, at, at the same time because it's a morality tale. Yeah. What what do you think comedy can teach us about um, either our life or, or 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 our society or or even the choices that we make? Boy, I don't. I mean, I I know this is that I I I have to laugh at myself. You know, I, I think, especially choosing the line of work that I did, you know, I, I consider myself to have a great sense of humor, and I have to, because, and I think everybody does, you know, it's, 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 I think it can teach us a lot, you know, comedy is medicine, it really is, and I think that if more people laugh, you know, we wouldn't be facing the wars and all of the stuff that we are present day, I think that comedy can teach us a lot, and I think that people need to lighten up. <laughs> but uh, comedy is the best medicine there is. Uh, you you mentioned how the, how this was a, a you know a, a quote unquote family project that you all uh, worked together on Witchblade, um, and it, it it's the twentieth anniversary of, of that. Um, how how do you yes, how, 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 how do how do you I feel about that? Does it has has it sunk in yet that you know this this amazing you know series that you were involved in has has reached twenty years? It's crazy. It makes me feel old. But um, in actress dog years, I'm 83,005 years old anyway. But um, no, it feels great. You know, the fact that I still remain close with, you know, we were a family on that show. You have to be when you're doing a television series and working 18, 19 hours a day. And uh, we just became so close. And that's why I would do anything for those guys and vice versa, you know. And um, I, I love it. Somebody pointed out... Um, it's the 20th anniversary, and I just I couldn't believe it. Time really flies, you know. It really does. You know, g- given sort of what what this show you know meant to people and and its cult appeal is is it something that you still you know enjoy talking about either with with your colleagues or or even with fans? Oh yeah, I'm I'm proud of this film. You know, it's a great it's a great independent film. You know, if you love. David Chokichi, you're going to love this film. If you are a fan of my work, you're going to love this film. You know, if you're a fan of Michael Bray's or Chris Mulkey's, you're going to love this film. You know, and and uh, and I'm sure Marilise is going to get a couple of fans now under her belt. You know, and I'm very excited for her. You know, I think this is an amazing first project for her and her dad, Anthony Caruso, and um, they did a phenomenal job. You know, making a film is not easy. People think it's all, you know, glamour and stand over here and it's and it's and it's a collective effort it's a lot of things you know i'm just the visual part of a huge wheel in a you know called production and um a lot of things go into it and eric edibari did an amazing job directing this film and um i'm proud of it i really am you know given the penchant for uh, remakes and, and reboots these days has there been any talk of a of a witchblade revival not yet, not yet, Dan, but not about, oh, which one's revival? There, there's been talk about that. Um, yes, there has. That's all I can say about that. But we're all, we're all down. We're all game and we're all in. We would love it. What? We would love it. Why do you think there are so many remakes of, of, older, of older things these days? Because they're so good, you know, and, and, and sometimes it's a hit or miss for them, Dan. I don't know about you, but, but often I'm... I, I wish they hadn't remade 
something. You know what I mean? Because it's so originally good. You know, um, films that, that, you know, came out. I mean, I'm a huge fan of older films. And I'm talking about, like, in the 60s and 70s. And even, I mean, I'm an Hitchcock fan. So I dig all sorts of, uh, my taste is quite eclectic. But sometimes I hope that they wouldn't remake the film because it was because it's so good in its original form. But I think, you know, people, because maybe because they're not creative, you know, they run out of ideas. And there are only so many stories you can really tell. Who was it, Shakespeare, that said there are only 100 stories you can really tell? You know, you extrapolate from every single one. And I don't know why people do it. Sometimes it can be great, you know, but sometimes it's, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, speak, speaking of sequels, uh, has there been any discussion on whether there's going to be a, a third kick-ass film? Oh, you know what? I don't know. I wouldn't be in it because I die in the first couple of scenes of kick-ass too. You know, but uh, but that I don't know. But it would be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, you you actually ha- have a lot of um cool uh projects coming up. A a, a couple that stuck out to me yeah. were were um. Uh, Dem Banger, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. Um, and yes, Dem Banger. We just made it into the South by Southwest Festival down in Austin, Texas. So we're very proud about that. Wow. That how, how do you how do you have you been to that festival before? I haven't. I haven't personally. I hear it's a blast, and I hear it's a great festival. It's highly coveted, and I'm very proud of uh, John Baradato and Brian Fraser who produced and directed it. Um, from doing that film. It's, it's a really great film. I'm very proud of that film. It's a, a horror film, and um, which seems to be the genre. I also have a film called Severed Silence coming out, which is another horror film. People are making horror films. People watch them, and, uh, and, uh, and I'm very proud of that film as well. It's interesting you mentioned that because there's definitely, I, I've noticed in the last, I guess, 10 years or so, there's been a, a bit of a, a horror revival um, in in terms yeah. in, in, in just just in terms of the the, the style and, and and the type um, and also horror horror fans are some of the most um, tight knit and uh, intelligent yeah. group, in, group of people. Uh, are you are you a fan of of horror at all? I, you know what I wasn't originally. I get scared pretty easily. Pretty easily, I have to admit. But since I've been in the business and I know how they make those films, I've become more of a fan. And I love things like Hereditary, and I, 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 you know, I love films like that and scary films like that more than Blood and Gore and Guts. Um, I love mental twists, scary more than the actual, you know, Friday the Thirteenth films or the like. What What do you think you you know and it seems like every actor at, at at one point in their career makes you know w- w- one or two horror films. Why is it? Yes. Why has it become such a rite of passage? Do you think? <laughs> That's well put. I don't know. You know, I I haven't done a lot of horror films in my career, and it just so happened that I did two of them back to back, both of which are very fine films. And um, I I don't know what it is. I think, as you said, it's just it's a, it's a the, the, the horror fans, they're out there. They love this stuff. And, uh, you know, I think more people are infiltrating that fan base. You know, they just love to be on the edge of their seats and love to be moved that way. And I've become one of them, I have to admit. I've definitely become one of them. And, I, you know, I think that more and more actors are doing horror films because they're, because they're popular. You know, I, so I, think, I, I think, like, dark comedy, you know, horror 
horror films can be can be very moralistic and 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 can teach us things. Yes. What do you think it is about that genre that allows filmmakers to do that as opposed to you know a straight drama or or an adventure film to say? Maybe they feel they could be more creative um, doing a horror film, which you kind of can be certainly if it's based in fantasy, you know, um, and um, you know mythical stuff as is. Severed silence is, is um, you know, has to do with, with spirits and um, and stuff like that. That you can you have the license possibly to to take it to that next level and and be more creative on on that plane. And um, that's my guess. Uh, and I know you, uh, there's two other projects I think I, I write about. One is called um, Diary of a Lunatic. Yes, Diary of a Lunatic is a fantastic television series. I think it's going to be out on Amazon Prime. We're not quite sure yet, but I just did a guest lead. In, uh, I love doing guest leads on television shows, but I just did a guest lead as a, a very fun, evil character um, in, in that project. And uh, The Last Call in the Doghouse is another David Chokichi film and me. Um, we're like we're like the uh, modern day. I can't liken us to uh, Tracy and Hepburn, but uh, we're certainly working together a lot. And David and I did this great film called The Last uh, Call in the Doghouse, which is about a bar that actually only comes to life when people need it. Um, it's it's loosely based. There's a play called Brigadoon about a village that only comes to life every hundred or so years, and this is about a bar that um, comes to life because this man um, needs it. He needs that comfort. He needs that um, community around him. And it's a really creative, um, fantastic indie film that I'm really quite proud of. I'd say um, a Broadway star in it, and um, David plays my husband, and um, and he emulates God, actually, and my name is Mary. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very interesting film. Uh, we, That's just in its infancy, though. We just finished shooting that in December. You know, you you mentioned your new TV series, which is on Amazon, and it seems like we're 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 in a new golden age of of, of television, so to speak. Um, yeah. What what do you what do you attribute that to? What do you like about you know television today, and how do you compare it to maybe twenty years ago? The pendulum has swung so much in terms of what's been on television, and uh, there's so many channels now, Dan, that it's insane. I mean, and people have really gotten creative. It's not just the formulaic, you know, teaser where, let's take, for instance, a crime show, where a crime happens, you know, the bulk of the show is them solving it, and the teaser at the end is, is, you know, a funny kind of cap as to how they solve this crime. You know, people are really pushing the envelope with more and more television gotten extremely creative and um and i'm a huge fan i mean there's so many good shows out there and netflix is doing amazing stuff as well that um you know shows like the sinner and and of course i'm drawing a blank on other shows that i like but they've really uh gotten the creative license and also network shows you know they've gotten the license to do much more creative stuff you know, I, in many ways, I believe Witchblade was kind of before its time, and um, that's why a revival would be so interesting to do now. Um, but, um, yeah, there's some amazing shows out there. How much do you think streaming has, has affected the quality of the media we, we watch or the media that gets made? 
It's hard to say. I mean, people are so inundated in their daily lives with choices about what to watch, and you know, screening is hard because uh, you know, from a from a from a um, pocketbook standbook, you know, we don't get paid for streaming. We get residuals based on work that's aired, you know, um, through through the media. But when it's streaming and stuff, people are producers, they're not getting their due in terms of, it's just the same with music. You know, people are getting ripped off, and so it's, uh, it's hard to really say. Uh, and I know I didn't really answer your question. But yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, one other film that I that I wanted to mention that you you have upcoming, I, I believe, is called Me and McGee. Yes, that's a, that's a film that's actually been talked about for a long time, and um, that is very much in its infancy in terms of a peanut of an idea that that's uh, a very good one, but I can't really speak to it yet because we it hasn't really been revisited in quite some time. IMDb just kind of put it up there, which is great. Um, but it's been kind of hanging over my resume for a while, which is wonderful. But we haven't gone forward and talked about that. You know, as a, a, but I would play yeah. a very drug-addled mother of a uh, young adult, and um, and when I met with the director and producer on that, it was really great because um, we talked about some ideas and and um, how to make this character come alive. It, it reminded me, the character that I would play in that, reminded me of um, Precious, the mother in Precious. Right. Just being, you know, um, which she did such an amazing job in that. And um, that's what appealed to me for that project. You know, some films get off the ground really quickly. Others take a long time, like you said, yeah. like this one. What makes you, you know, st- stick stick with a project all that time? Believing in it, you know, believing in its message, um, believing that it can reach people, you know. As I said, I'm, I'm in this business to storytell, and, and I there's nothing at the end of the day than feeling like I've moved somebody, whether it be in fear, whether it be laughing, whether it be to make them cry, whether it be just entertaining, you know. Um, that's what makes me stay with the project is if I believe in the project and I believe in the people that are doing it. You know, I, I, I know you, you started in, in this business where, when, when you were quite young. Um, how were you able to ride the, the, the stormy transition that affects so many um, child performers? I, my parents had always said to me, you know, because uh, my dad is, he's with a band, The Love and Spoonful, he still is, and he's a rock and roller to this day, and my mom was a company manager at Broadway shows, and they, they made it very clear that I was to go to college, and then I could decide what I wanted to do, and I did. I went to college, and I became, I was deemed a scholar, and did academics, and then I decided to do this. Anyway, I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up, Dan, but, um, but hopefully I'll figure it out at some point, but it's been a great ride. You know, I, actors always say that they never want their their kids to to get in into the same business as they did. But you're you're, I believe, third generation. Um, I, yes. I I read. Yes, yes, and they didn't want me to get into business. It was the one family business that they didn't want me to get into. I mean, they're very proud of me, obviously now. But um, but yeah, they wanted something that was you know going to be more steady and and more assured and and. Um, but it's, it's worked out, thank goodness. 
what was it like having a, a, a rock star for a father? It's pretty wild. He's, he's still, he's 77 years old and he's still rocking and rolling up on stage. And Tony, he works more than I do. Um, you know, it was a trip. It was, it was great. I wish I had his voice and that I could sing. He's, he's remarkable. And just his stories about, you know, all these people and, and, you know, giving our apartment to John Lennon and Yoko Ono when, when I was a kid. And, you know, it's, it's, it's wild. It's really wild. He was, you know, it was a big band, and he, uh, you know, he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and uh, he's actually playing a concert out here at the end of February, so I get to see him because I'm in L.A., and uh, it'll be really great. Uh, you, you've worked with a lot of um, great people over the years. I wanted to ask you about what it was like working with um, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and if you have any memories of, favorite memories of that. Oh, it was great. Jean-Claude is a gentleman. You know, he's European, so he, he was, I used to take my mom with me on shows. You know, she was kind of my momager. I had a manager, but she was, you know, she had the knowledge of, of working, you know, behind the scenes, and, and she's my mom. So anybody that holds open the door for my mother and uh, treats her with respect is okay, Michael. We had a very good time working on that film. Um, in terms of you know, uh, 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 projects or, or, or specific type of a film that, that you still want to make, what's left for you on, on, on your so-called bucket list, storytelling bucket list? For my career or just... Yeah, yeah, like, I don't know, what what type of role would you like to play or, or, or what type of film I, would you I, like I to... I think I'm, I'm ready to do another television show, for sure. I want to get back into television, and, uh, and, and that's my next move, is to... Is to be part of an ensemble in a television show, I think would be really great. What, you know, filming filming for a, a film and in a TV series is 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 very different. What what do you like about the long but re, you know re, regularness of of TV? Well, I like it because it's steady, but also because I, what I, what appeals to me now is the television has changed, so it's gotten a lot more creative and less formulaic. So I, I'm really excited, uh, you know, to to be hopefully getting on a project that that's collaborative in terms of an ensemble cast and and uh, and uh, and taking it from there. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, it was a great Thank film. You, and. Man. Thank you so much. You had some great questions. This was a really great interview. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you very much, and we look forward to seeing more of your work in the future. Thank you very right. much. Thank Have a good day. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. That was my conversation with actress Yancey Butler. Just a programming note, next week... There will be three shows. As much as I would love to do as much content as possible, uh, I don't necessarily plan on three shows becoming a regular thing. Uh, it will still most likely be two shows a week. Uh, however, I have done uh, a couple of interviews uh, in the last couple weeks that are more timely than interviews normally are, and it, and it just so happens that uh, they all coincide and and come to a head uh, next week with you know releases being on Friday the twenty first and, and and Sunday the twenty third. So just be advised that it will probably be Wednesday, Friday, 
and Sunday next week. Uh, as always, uh, for all our back catalog episodes, you can visit EndeavorsMedia.com. Uh, and be sure to check out Endeavors on Apple, Google, Spotify, and Anchor. And very shortly, I will be updating the Patreon page for fundraising, and that will be at patreon.com slash endeavors. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash endeavors, and then I'll have an Instagram page at Endeavors Radio. My thanks to Yancey Butler this week, and thanks to you all for tuning in, and I will catch you next time. Bye for now. I just like to have a lot of sex. <laughs>